Kim, thank you so much for joining us today in this Financial Institutions podcast. This podcast is part of our lender series where we tap into the breadth of knowledge and services offered across the various departments and practice areas at Barry Dunn. We chat with individuals across the firm about current and emerging topics affecting lending. My name is Susan Weber, 26-year banker with a focus on credit and credit risk. Hosting with me today is Barry Dunn's financial services practice leader, Principal Rob Smalley. Hi, Rob. Hey, Susan. Glad to be here today. Glad to have uh, be co-hosting with our guest, who's a friend, who's a ball of energy, and I can't wait to get into what he's seeing within his industry. Well, that's great. So I'm so happy to be co-hosting with you because it sounds like you've brought a really great person with you to the studio today. Uh, so who who are we talking to? I'm excited that we're going to hear today from my friend and fellow principal, Dimitri Panakopoulos. He is a principal in our healthcare group, but also, also more specifically, is uh, a national level expert when it comes to home health and hospice organizations. He's got a real genuine passion that comes through Every time he talks about these organizations, he wants them to not only survive in today's environment, which is tough, but also thrive. He's one of those guys that you take, you learn something new every time you talk to him. I'm just super excited to have him on today's podcast. And with that, hi, Dimitri. Hey, well, thanks for having me. It's great to be on your show today. Uh, I hope I live up to those expectations. You know, I didn't know I was going to blush today on a, on a Wednesday morning. This is my first uh, podcast adventure. I didn't know what we'd call it, you know, like a podcastic voyage or something, but uh, a little bit about me. Uh, you said it well. I'm, I'm uh, specialized in working with home health and hospice providers. Uh, my career has evolved over the last 16 years. I spent the entirety of my career in, the, in this industry. And what I primarily do now uh, is educate my clients uh, how to operationalize their financial results and, and navigate the landscape, as you said. Speaking of the landscape, what are you seeing out there in home health and hospice? Well, you know, truthfully, we're faced with, you know, a lot of challenges, but at the same time, a lot of opportunities really similar to, I imagine, most industries. Um, and if we're talking home health and hospice specifically, it's almost a tale of two different realities from a financial perspective. Um, on one side of the house, you have home health, and we're seeing just unprecedented levels of scrutiny uh, with reductions in reimbursement. And uh, on the hospice side, we're just seeing the best financial performing years we've ever seen. Um, more on home health, why that is, the primary payer that home health sees is Medicare. Uh, and there's really two factors contributing to the overall decline. Uh, one is actually Medicare is paying um, much less. And there's really no other way to put it, but it feels like uh, these agencies are under attack with these, with these rate reductions. And the second thing is there's this other payer that's been growing that we just, it's, it's multiple insurance companies really, but we kind of categorize them all as one thing and we just call them Medicare Advantage. So we're seeing a lot of growth of Medicare Advantage. And actually I was, I was at a conference at the hotel room and there was like a half an hour long special uh, about with Joe Namath and a bunch of other patients. And they were saying how great Medicare Advantage was. And it had me believing it because I, I said, I, I know Joe, Joe Namath and you know he, he plays football. I love football, I play fantasy football. So he, might, he must know exactly what he's talking about. So it's, uh, <laughs> why that's a problem for home health is generally speaking, these Medicare Advantage payers, they don't reimburse 
as fairly as traditional Medicare. So in home health, seeing a lot of rate pressure, changing payer mix and hospice, we're in the, we're in the glory days, financially speaking. So uh, absolutely a lot of changes and challenges. I guess one thing that comes to my mind is um, in what ways did the pandemic have an influence on maybe some of those those aspects or has that been a game changer in any way? Yeah, it's almost like you want to say in what ways didn't it change, right? With virtually <laughs> everything we're doing nowadays. Um, but from from our industry perspective, uh, I would say the pandemic delayed and then accelerated what was going to happen the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, delayed from a standpoint of uh, there was a lot of cash that was injected into this industry by the government at a much needed time. Uh, there were things like provider relief funds, many different rounds of that. There were these PPP loans that banks helped uh, agencies obtain to, to, to keep people employed. And then the, the newest thing are, is this, these employer retention credits or what we call ERC. It's just more and more funds that are out there available from the government. Yeah, it, it's much needed funds, but the reality is uh, balance sheets are pumped up. No one was really cash poor, and all these funds did while they were needed. They definitely, um, they definitely masked underlying potentially underlying operational issues. And now you have all these funds going away, and we're still left with the problems. You know, we're we're left with mm-hmm. uh, staff shortages, inflation everywhere, and we just don't have that extra reimbursement. Now, I said a minute ago that um, hospice seems to be doing well still. Yeah, financially speaking, hospice is doing really well. But I think the overall risk there long term is how long is that going to last for? How long before uh, their rates start coming under under scrutiny and pressure? And then they're going to be dealing with the same challenges that home health sees, still have staff shortages, still have inflation. Those forces seem like it's not going away. Short term, balance sheets are strong. It's not going to last a long time. Yeah, so a lot to really think about as lenders are thinking about um, those analytics and what is permanent and what may be temporary uh, in terms of those influences. So your practice area has been really proactive in finding ways to assist healthcare entities. What can you tell us a little bit, you know, tell us a little bit more about those programs? Yeah, so I started by saying what what my focus is and really what what our entire team's focus is is centered around education, not only financial education, but but clinical education. And how do we how do we marry the two concepts together? Because what we often see uh, is things start in the clinical world and the finance people see them at the end of the day. But it's clinical that, that drove change or made a decision. And the end financials are the end financials. So what, what we like to do is, is a very educated educational focus. Actually, what we did formally is we actually launched uh, the home health and hospice. Uh, we were coming up with various different names, but really it's our learning center. And so what's mm-hmm. what's in there to start right now are um, clinical aspects and opportunities, which if, which if you implement correctly and work on, you should see financial results in the end. But over time, what we're going to do is build content in this learning center and then truly do what I said and, and, and marry the financial and the clinical world together. Uh, but in, you know, a central repository, essentially, where people could just go in there and look at, you know, what are the best practices around productivity? What are the best practices around outcomes and kind of see both both sides of the house? The other thing that really became recently for us that we've been actually offering our clients, and this is this is only out of just what we were seeing. So I mentioned the, the, the ERC, the employer retention credits. It's not, we've actually gotten, 
gone into that realm, and it's not really something that we ever thought we would get into, but uh, part of what we do in the financial world is a, is a financial audit. And actually, through doing the financial audit, we had to audit agencies that were filing for these employer retention credits. So we had to gain an understanding of it. We had to know how it works in order to audit, in order to audit it. So essentially, we were doing the service as part of the audit and said, all right, well, if we're going to do the service, we might as well offer it out to others. And the reason why that is, is because there's a, there was a lot of other competing vendors out there uh, that are taking interesting and aggressive standpoints on things that, you know, maybe you should have a little bit more information on before you file for these funds. I think the, the, the most recent interesting thing we saw is some, one of our clients actually received um, a notice that looked like it was designed right from the IRS, like you would get an IRS notification and said, hey, you're eligible to receive $4 million in credits. And so they called the number on the hotline. It went right to a vendor. It had nothing to do with the IRS. So there's all these like, I don't want to call them schemes, but they're really aggressive approaches out there. So we said, you know what, let's offer a solution. We're already doing it anyways inherently now that we understand everything going on. Let's offer a solution for people to consider that isn't, you know, tied to, you know, interesting notifications and email pressure that you're going to run out of time to file these funds and things like that. So. That's really great. And I, and I think um, the other day when you and I were talking, you mentioned something about an accreditation. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, actually, as part of this, uh, the, the learning center, um, what we're able to offer now uh, is is contact hours for clinicians. So basically, so so Barry Dunn, us as a firm, we are now. Um, oh, I always forget what it what it actually stands for, but it's mostly referred to as ANCC accredited, which is which in the financial world we're used to, uh, you know, as a CPA, Rob's a CPA, we're used to doing uh, continuing professional education. We need CPE as you would as a specific requirement. Well, clinicians with you know a nurse with a clinical license, they have the same requirements we do. It's just a little bit gotcha. different. So now uh, we're able to offer that as well through our learning center. Dimitri, you talked a lot about the industry. It's certainly dynamic uh, right now and, and, and probably always. There's some great solutions you're providing in terms of education and, you know, the audit services, certainly. You know, what do you see now as in terms of a silver lining for these uh, organizations or, or any opportunities going forward? Yeah, we get that question a lot. Uh, specifically from these agencies that are uh, living the world, you know, it's one one thing to be on the opposite side of the table and providing ad potential advice on opportunities. It's the other side to actually live it and actually do it. And so we're getting a lot of, um, you know, what are you seeing out there? It doesn't seem great for me. Is how is it elsewhere? And so. Um, it's a it, it's it's a mixed bag, but we've been here before, and so the communication we have with agencies, we've been here before. We faced challenges before. I mean, we could argue that right now these challenges are okay, a little bit different. But we we've seen government pressure before. We've seen rate cuts before. We've seen regulatory scrutiny before. It's it's nothing that we haven't seen before, and we'll see it ten years from now, twenty years from now. It's not going to change. But 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 what? But what we have seen is that through those time period, there are agencies that truly adapt and change. And if you roll with the punches and you understand the environment you're in and the landscape you're, you're operating in, you can thrive and there's plenty of opportunity. Yes, you have to manage your payer mix. Yes, you have to have uh, success at uh, grassroots education with, with the community and institutional providers. You have to have strong relationships with referrals. There are ways to move forward. There are su success paths. It may seem like 
there's a lot of pressure and, and globally speaking, the industry is hurting, but there are still uh, a lot of agencies out there that are thriving. So I, I think it's that age old saying in business, right? That's, that's if you stay the same, you fall behind. I mean, that's certainly, you know, we live that certainly here at Barry Dunn, but at the same time, um, it's, it's never more true than now. That's great to hear. You absolutely lived up to the billing today, my friend. Uh, <laughs> this this space is so dynamic, as you mentioned. A lot of pressure, a lot of a lot of pitfalls out there. But um, it's great to have people like you and your team, you know, sort of leading the charge and helping people. It's amazing. Thanks for having me, Alec. You know, first podcast ever. Hopefully, it won't be the last, but you'll be the judge of that. <laughs> exactly. This was a lot of fun. We do hope we'll have you back for another one. So thanks for volunteering um, early. I appreciate that. And thanks to Rob for co-hosting. We'll provide a link to Dimitri's contact information and other resources that he mentioned in the podcast description. And thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in today. We're always interested to dive deeper into industries that you may be lending into. If you have any suggestions, um, feel free to give us a quick shout out on the Ask the Advisor feature. And a quick reminder that today's podcast is part of our overall series where we focus on topics, trends, and industries to help give you the edge. We hope you'll join us next time. Until then, happy lending. Happy lending.